Hi everyone, this is Matt, the producer of the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm here to tell you that we've got another great episode for you in the Best Of series. And this week, we're taking a look back at the episode that we did with David Allen, where he teaches us how to clear our minds and optimize our workflow. This is one that you don't want to miss. Let's get to it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Let me ask you something. Are you hitting success yet you know that there's another level? Or perhaps you're just getting started. You're trying to put all these pieces together, get your first deal, but something's holding you back. Or maybe you're going through a big change in your career and your life, but for some reason you just can't take the steps you need to know in order to move forward. Well, I've been having a lot of really incredible conversations with people who are in the exact same position as you are, and they've been able to make massive change happen very quickly. Whether that's doubling your income within just a few months, whether that's making some kind of big shift in your life and really unlocking that vision, or perhaps it's just getting clear on what that vision needs to be so that you can really take those steps. Of course, you guys know me, host of the Investor Mindset here, Stephen Pesavento, and high performance coach. I've been working with clients for years, seeing and helping them see major results. And I'd love to set up a call to discover if it's possible to be able to help you with some of those same things. If you are in a position where you want more and you're committed to taking some steps to get there, then I encourage you to head over to investormindset.com slash discover and let me know a little bit more information about you. Set up a call and we'll jump on and we'll walk through a discovery process. Totally complimentary. You'll walk away with a lot of clarity. And if there's some way that I can help serve you, I'll let you know that too. So you can just head over to investormindset.com slash discover. And I look forward to serving you. Tell me, David, how would you define success and what is success to you? Success means, you know, achieving or accomplishing desired outcomes. If you go to a party to boogie and you don't boogie, it's an unsuccessful party. <laughs> you go on a vacation to relax, you don't relax, that's unsuccessful. To your point, you know, early on, Stephen, where you said productivity has actually got a lot of baggage as a word because most people think about work and sweat and harder and oh my God. But productivity simply means accomplishing what you're trying to. If you want to be happy tonight and you're not happy, that's unproductive evening. You know, if you want to have fun at dinner and you don't have fun at dinner, come on. You know, that's so success would be, gee, I want to have fun at dinner. And you'd have to have fun at dinner. Yay. You know, good job. You know, I mean, that sounds like the good life to me. Well, sure. Just most, and, and most people think about productivity, they usually, they think about it usually for in material success in a way, more money, more clients, more, you know, whatever, nothing wrong with that. That's fine too. However, success also is what experience are you after? Why do you want more money? I want to feel more freedom. Well, what could you do today that could make you feel freer? Oh, wow. And suddenly you could do some meditation or you go do, go for a run. Are you, uh, uh, decide to sit down and spend some quality time with your kids that you've been avoiding you know? and you suddenly feel freer than, Hey dude, success. 
So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be any big thing. You do, but you do have to define what it is you're after. You've got to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to clarify what you're after. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, and I say it doesn't happen by itself. I think there's a part of us, you know, I work on a hypothesis that we have a higher self. There's a part of us that knows why we're on the planet, what we're really about, what we're supposed to be doing. And it loves us. It, 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 it takes care of us whenever uh, it actually becomes a good guide for you. If you're willing to listen, you know, stop the world and listen to that inner voice. That's still small voice inside. So, you know, people aren't stupid. They're, they're, they're a bit numb. And so as soon as you kind of wake up a little bit, you can start to pay attention to the intuitive voices or voice that you need to pay attention to. And, you know, it's never going to hurt you. You just need to pay attention to it. And you kind of need to follow its admonitions. You know, I'm still working on that. I'm 70, I'll be 75 this year. So, but, uh, you know, I feel like I'm still a beginner at really paying attention to that voice and what it would have me do. But you don't have to work. Sometimes you don't have to work too hard at figuring out what to do. You need to relax and listen because the what to do is already there. Wow, that's that's amazing advice. That's really incredible. Well, that's uh, maybe that doesn't work for everybody. That's worked for me. You know, at some point I was agonizing about what I was going to, what I wanted to do with my life because there were just so many things and I had so much, so many things like, oh yeah, but is this the really the right spiritual thing to do in terms of my, why I'm on the planet and what it's like, yada, yada, yada. At some point, you know, I think I was driving along a freeway in Marin County in California and suddenly the, this, you know, blinding, what I call a BF. Oh, the blinding flash of the obvious sort of hit me in the face and said, gee, David, you don't have to worry about where you're going or what, what you need to be doing. All you need to do is to handle what's in front of you with elegance and as much completion as you can, because you've created so much, not only in this life, but in many others, that the thing will automatically emerge once you get, once you finish what's in front of you. And I've never looked back since then. That's, that's how I, that's how I've done it. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't set goals and inspire yourself and have big things like that. If, if that's what the voice is telling you inside of you that you really need or want to do, but just make sure that's coming from you know someplace that's real. Yeah. Listen to that inner voice inside. That's, that's huge. So David, what are some of your keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that have led to you living the good life? There's my end basket. It's empty. <laughs> right. I learned that 35 years ago and never stopped. And that is I keep my backlog zeroed out on a 24 to 48 hour basis because I discovered that if you don't do that, any new thing and surprise or new inputs are first, first of all, you're, you're not, you're not sensitive enough to hear the new input if it's internal. And secondly, you're going to be disturbed if it's coming externally, you're getting emails you didn't expect people walking in and giving you things you didn't expect. And so, you know, I learned, you know, years ago that when I'm not doing anything else, I am cleaning up because there's a surprise coming toward me and an opportunity coming toward me that I can't see. And when that thing happens, I want to have as clear and clean a deck as possible to be able to then make smart decisions about how to engage with it and what to do. So that's, you know, probably the, I have to think about whether that's, I'd say the main one, that's certainly one of the main ones in my life in terms of a behavior or a habit or a practice that I do continually. Yeah. Getting super absolutely clear 
clearing off all the stuff out of your mind. Uh, I can I can see that. Well, you know, it, it, let me back it up a little bit, Stephen. I mean, the, to me, the two most important things that we're here on the planet to experience are completion and creation. Mm-hmm. We need to finish what we put in motion. You need to be accountable and responsible for the things that you that you do put in motion, whether that's now or previous lifetimes or however you might want to believe any of that. But it's being able to recognize what are the things I need to finish, complete, handle, and deal with that I've already put my attention and my energy into. See, I don't care about your email. Mm-hmm. You do. So you have your own ecosystem that's, 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 that's incorporated stuff that you need to deal with. I've got mine too. So I need to be accountable to those things and manage the things that I've allowed come into my world. Right. So that's the completion aspect of it. And then once I'm clear, once I got an empty end basket, what do I now do? What do I do with that? Cause I can't stop creating. You can't stop focusing. You can't stop that. As long as you're conscious, you're still focusing, whatever you're focused on, you're still focusing on that. And that's, you're reinforcing that, whatever that is. So I, then I need to be accountable for where I'm now putting my creative energy. So I don't create a bunch of stuff that I don't want to have to complete or, or that are not the most strategic or valuable things for me to complete. So completion and creation, those are the, that's, that's why I, I can't stop talking about GTD or this methodology because that's really what it comes down to. It's like, we've got your energy guys. We've got your attention. That's you're creating that. You're the one who's making those commitments with yourself. And then once you get nice and clear, what kind of new commitments would you, could you, should you be making for yourself? So you feel better and sort of move you on the path that you're here to, to, to walk. It's a philosophy I've never heard before, but I absolutely love it. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. What's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? Oh, gee, I, you know, I just finished one that was quite uh, wonderful to read. This is uh, Jeff Sutherland's book, Scrum. Ah. You know, basically the art of doing twice the work in half the time. And very much similar to how I sort of developed GTD, Jeff talks about the development of the Scrum process. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was a jet fighter you know, in Vietnam, uh, uh, pilot, and, and a lot of what he discovered is the way people work just doesn't work. There's a whole lot of wasted time. There's a whole lot of wasted energy. There's a whole lot of wasted stuff. And so he talks about the, the Scrum model. I've heard about Scrum and Agile and all that for, for years. And uh, a lot of that and the awareness of that started at the same time GTD was published in 2001. So it's fascinating to read Jeff's book. It's a, it's a, it's a great read. For, especially for people who are trying to do anything with teams in any kind of an organization at all, small or big, doesn't matter. So I highly recommend that. Uh, another great book was quite inspiring. A guy who's now a friend, uh, one of the top cognitive scientists, cognitive researchers in the world, a guy named Daniel Levitin. He's head of cognitive science research at McGill University. Successful aging so if you're over 50, no, you have to engage with somebody who's over 50 or think you're going to live over 50. This is a, an absolute must read. Daniel's book, that the reason I, I, I got to know Daniel, his book, previous book to this was The Organized Mind. And so and his book previous to that, I didn't read, but he, he was a, a professional musician and he wrote Your Brain on Music and then started to get enthralled with how the mind works, how music affected your thinking process. Anyway, so this has this, he, he, he has curated 4,000 of the most recent research things about, uh, as you get older, what improves, what denigrates and how to take advantage of that stuff. 
that's so again, being 75 this year, this was you know, sort of rang my bell, but very, uh, very, and Dan's a great guy. GTD or by the way, he's a, he knows my stuff, loves it. That's amazing. I'll definitely have to check those out. The I, I'm a certified scrum master and product owner and use that to manage teams for quite a few years before I moved into the real estate space. And just kind of realizing that there's a system and a way of kind of dealing with things um, to get things done between a large group of people is really valuable. I mean, th- that that is kind of it's just a system and a way of thinking for managing a team versus managing your own mindset. His point, very similar to GTD, is you don't need to change the person, just change the system, change the process, uh-huh. change the process, and a whole lot of things happen. You don't, yeah, it's fine if you want to grow yourself and transform yourself and become a whole different person and be much greater and bigger or whatever. But you're going to do that probably by implementing processes. Where you don't have to change yourself that much; just change the system that you're involved in, and uh, that's you know, so. Uh, yeah, that's such a big idea. So we've got two left here before we wrap up inspiration. What impacts have mentors made on your life and how do you look at going out and finding great mentors? I found mentors just because I was, you know, usually scrambling and trying to find something to handle something I didn't know how to handle and looking around for somebody who seems to have handled it. So, you know, probably my, my biggest mentor in my life was my spiritual coach, a guy named John Roger. You know, he's not on the planet anymore, but I ran across him in the end of 1971 and based upon experiences I had had that I didn't understand that it caused me to sort of derail my life uh, because of my lack of understanding of it and finding somebody who understood it, you know, much better than me and was, you know, a little further down the road than me. So I'd figured I'd hang out with JR, as we called him John Roger, until I ran to the end of whatever he could teach me, but I never found an end. So, you know, I hung out with him for 50 years, you know, learning that. Uh, a guy named Russell Bishop I met um, in terms of doing personal growth trainings, um, you know, in the 1978, 79, early 80s, you know, when personal growth stuff was kind of hot, you know, the est actualizations, life spring kind of things. And <laughs> we started insight seminars then, and that was very inspiring to me to, to watch in just five days how people could truly change their lives you know, by a greater understanding of who they were and and just all that good personal growth stuff. And, uh, you know, so Russell was a great mentor to me to show me you know, that you could do that. So, uh, you know, I follow along in his footsteps there. And then when I started my own consulting practice, a guy named Dean Acheson, I, whom I attribute in the book, taught me about getting stuff out of your head and deciding next actions about things. And, I, you know, I got to hang out with Dean for, you know, a couple of years. As I started my own consulting practice, he had a great model. I said, wow, that's what I was after was some really good model that I, I could use and, and to train with. So, you know, I'm not looking for any mentors now, but boy, if they showed up, I'd, I'd probably take advantage of them. But I think it usually mentors show, it's, it's kind of like the, the, the teacher shows up when the student's ready, you know, and the student shows up when the mm-hmm. teacher's ready. And it kind of works both ways. So, um, you yeah, know, I, I, I don't think it's necessary to go find a mentor unless that what you're after, you don't, you know, come on, finding somebody who's been the path that you want to walk on, ask any athlete, they've all got mentors, you know, it doesn't mean, and what happens is that you use a mentor to be able to then, you know, work with their model, 
work their stuff, and then you start to personalize it for yourself. A really good mentor or trainer is going to make sure that they give you room to create your own version of whatever it is you're learning. And then at some point, you know, they would just become friends. And, And, you know, like all those people are for me. I love that. And finishing on this purpose, what drives you to live your best life every day? Well, our purpose, at least career-wise and profession-wise, is to create a world where there are no problems, only projects. So, you know, that will, if I make a dent, that's inspiring, you know, because, you know, the whole idea of anything that, that's a problem is really something you want to have changed. You're just not really involved or in the driver's seat about making it different. And so... That, that's a lot of what my work with GTD and my work and, and all of that is it. So I've now got a network of people around the world that we've certified to do this training and coaching of this work. So helping support them, you know, distribute this training and this methodology that we've been talking about. And it's really no more than what we've been talking about. It's just being able to get that to the people that might want it out there. And there's a lot of people that don't know it yet that would love to have it. So anything I can do to be able to get more uh, there, if we had a world where, you know, not a world of where people complain and worry. It's a world where people go, wait a minute, what's got my attention? What do I need to do? How do I get in the driver's seat about that? What do we need to do with that? So I figured that's going to, you know, Stephen, it took me 25 years to figure out what I'd figured out. And then it was unique and nobody else had done it. That's why I wrote the book. And then I said, well, it's probably going to take me the rest of my life to figure out how to distribute this and get it to stick for people. Uh, because it's not automatic. You're, you're not born doing this stuff. It actually is something you need to learn and you need to practice. It's a cognitive muscle you need to train you know, to do this kind of thinking in this way. Could have fooled me. But you know, as managed building a career around just doing that stuff and finding the best way I could to make that viable and sustainable as a way you know, for myself and just to be able to create enough of a lifestyle. I'm not particularly entrepreneurial or aspirational. I've been more of a researcher and an educator than any of that. Uh, but, you know, to just keep going without it, I couldn't stop. And if you're curious to know the answer to that question and much more, join us on the next episode. We're going to be diving in even deeper into some other gems. Great having you guys here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you've been listening for a while and you like what you hear, I welcome you to go drop a review on iTunes. Helps us reach even more bigger and better guests to be able to bring them directly to you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you. Thank you for joining for another incredible episode of the Investor Mindset. It's such a joy to be able to share these beliefs, these thoughts, these ways of living with each and every one of you guys, because I just know the power that it can make. And for some of you, for the select few of those people who are truly committed to going after their goals, the people who really believe that there's another level from where they're operating right now, the people who are ready to make change happen rapidly. And even if you're somebody who is stuck, who knows what you need to do, you know exactly the strategy, but for some reason you're not doing it. For those people, there's another option. There's another level that you can reach. And what I've noticed after coaching tons and tons of people through this process is that there's a simple formula. And when you can start to understand how to unlock 
those pieces within yourself, you'll start to feel more vibrant. You'll start to feel more energized. You'll start to make more money and you'll start to enjoy the process through and through. So if you're somebody who's in a position, you're ready to make change happen, you're ready to invest in yourself, you really believe that the best investment, the truest ROI is investing in yourself because it continues to give back over and over again, then I invite you to schedule a call, share a little bit about yourself and see how we might be able to help serve you with the investor mindset coaching. You can head right over to investormindset.com slash discovery, set up a call and if there's an opportunity to serve, I'll be right there with you. Thanks, and I look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.